Brother Auburn Heights, welcome Andy Taylor. Amen. God bless you. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks. Feels like being home. Everybody good? Yeah, let me look at you. Yeah, you look good. I think I tell some of the guys, there's a difference between looking good and good looking. That's two, that's two totally different things. Most of you got both of them going on, amen? It's just a funny story it made me think of when, uh, and you know, I had heads up, that's a good word, right? It really is a good word. But it reminded me of a funny story. So uh, me and Julie, after we moved over into Oklahoma from where I grew up, over in Texas, we're still going back over there to church some, and uh, uh, before, actually before we started the church in Sayre, and uh, we're driving home one night. We had uh, five kids, and that's why I look so tired. And uh, I got 12 grandkids, that's why I smile a lot. But uh, we're, we're going back home, and we had one of those big, uh, if you watch uh, 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 Chevy Chase and the, the uh, vacation, you know, we had one of those big uh, conversion vans, you know. And uh, so we're, Julie's driving, and so bless her heart, but anyway, we're heading back home, and uh, dark night, and uh, up ahead, a couple hundred yards, I saw like a whole family of raccoons. I'm sitting on the passenger side, and I said, heads up, heads up, heads up. I finally rolled the window down, started hollering at the coons, heads up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was too late. He wiped out a whole family of them that night, but anyway, so uh, don't let that happen to you. Heads, heads up's a good word, so so good to be here, so good to see everybody, and uh, I'll say like uh, Paul said to uh, one of the churches where he was writing a letter to, you have become dear to me, and uh, I've missed you, I think about you, you get prayed for, I love your pastor, it's a, it was a sovereign connection, God connected us together, and when he connected us together, he connected all of us together too, so I'm so grateful for that, and um, I appreciate what's going on here, I thank, you, I thank the Lord for the heritage that was started uh, years ago, a generation ago with Wayne, and then handed off, you know, I tell people at home, I don't know anybody that's uh, been any more faithful who could do or would do what Rodney did here in uh, being associate pastor, that's not an easy job for, uh, what, 32, 30, 32 years, something like that. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. And uh, so anyway, uh, it's going to be a good, uh, see, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's going to be a good four days, Mark. It's going to be a good uh, four days. And, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the body of Christ uh, today, maybe always, uh, can really end up being suspended between what God used to do and what we believe God's going to do. But we're going to talk this week about what God's doing. And that's the, uh, it's a kingdom mindset. And I know you're familiar with the kingdom of God, but the kingdom mindset takes all those things into consideration. But what's most important is what, what is God doing today? And what's he doing in you? And uh, so we're going to talk about that a lot. And uh, um, I'll start by saying... Um, and asking you a question, is it fair, is it fair for me to uh, ask you to approach what we do this week with the greatest amount of sincerity, integrity, and seriousness? Is it fair for me to ask that of you? Because I think it's important. I, I think it's, uh, it, it's important uh, for you. It's important for this house because 
uh, God has been, he's doing, but he's going to do something that uh, we haven't seen before, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about this week. Um, you know, and the Bible Belt mentality is, uh, it happens all the time, we're, we're also in the Bible Belt, but the Bible Belt mentality is when you hear a message like this or any other message, <laughs> you always think that's, that's for somebody else. So just know that, uh, that, that it's me and it's the Lord talking to you. And so receive that as a word for you. For 34 years, I mean, uh, we started the church in Sayre in 1989, June the 6th. It'll be 34 years here pretty quick. And, uh, even, but even before that, but for 34 years pretty intensively, I've been believing for what I, what I believe that I'm seeing today. And you can help me decide uh, over the next four days if, if uh, you think... Uh, you're seeing what I'm seeing. I've been believing for that for 34 years. And uh, I've, uh, I believe that the body of Christ, the church, can be more than what I've seen. I've seen God do a lot of stuff in those 34 years. I've seen him take lives. Oh, me introduce my guys that are with me. This is Eric Easter. Put your hand up there, Eric. Uh, Roy Varnell. These are a couple of my younger elders. They're with me. I said, I'm hoping that they get saved while they're here. And uh, no, 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 they're, they're well on their way. And uh, I couldn't do, we couldn't do what we're doing in Sayre, Oklahoma without them, and maybe you'll get a chance to talk to these guys and meet these guys. They're the real deal. And uh, so we've seen, uh, we've seen uh, all kind of miraculous stuff take place. Um, none uh, any more miraculous than some, some of these things that's happened in these guys' lives, and really you need to hear their stories. Uh, but we've seen uh, uh, lives that were hopelessly lost, uh, turned around, and finding their place. And now, again, using these two guys, there's others as an example, but uh, finding their place and being movers and shakers in the kingdom of God and helping uh, our house become what it's supposed to be. We've seen, uh, we've seen people like that who, who find their place. We're going to talk about that a little bit this week. And, uh, you know, there's that thing over in Ephesians chapter 4. He's given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? We call that five-fold ministry, right? What for? For the building up and the edifying of the body and for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So that's my job. Rodney's job is not to do all the ministry. His, his, higher, his highest call is to train you to do the ministry, right? Yeah. So if you receive that, like in the Bible Belt, that's kind of, even though it's, extremely biblical in the Bible Belt. You don't often see that. And he can equip all day long, but if you don't come with the attitude and the heart and the mentality that I'm not just coming to hear a message that makes me feel better that I can apply, there's nothing wrong with that. But the churches who take the position that they're being equipped for the work of the ministry uh, are, are going to, they're, they're setting themselves apart in, in whatever community they're in. And, uh, what we're going to talk about this week uh, is th th this is extremely important because there's also a mindset in the Bible Belt that everything that's significant in whatever season uh, of God that we're in, we, we, we have this mindset that everything's going to happen at the church house. And uh, I can tell you, this much is going to happen at the church house. This much is going to happen out there. That's where it's going to happen. So, so I like that. I mean, you're in agreement with that. So we're going to be able to move fast, and uh, you're, you're going to really get it, I believe. Um, <clears throat> I'll start off with this verse. Uh, you know this verse. Um, As it is written, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I'm going to go ahead and read that a little further down. Uh, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. That'll come into play. 
For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Say it with me. I'll say it, you say it. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Say it again. You one more time. Yeah, and there's, that, that phrase is used two times in the New Testament. The other time, and I've thought for a long time, those two things said the same thing, and I've figured out, or the Lord showed me later on, that the two don't say the exact same thing. One adds to the other. So you just said, I have the mind of Christ. That's, that's correct. You do have the mind of Christ. But the other one says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And the key word there is Let. So you got to let what's already resident in you come through and take the place of human logic, human wisdom, and take you to a whole nother level. You have the mind of Christ, but you have to let it. you got to get your thought stuff, your opinions and your stuff out of the way and let the mind of Christ have, have its place in your life. <clears throat> um, so uh, I, I don't hear anybody talking these days in the... We stopped in Starkville, Mississippi with a real close friend of ours, Johnny Buckner, who you need to know. Y'all need to know. Rodney needs to know. Johnny, Johnny needs to know. Rodney, you know, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of the stuff in the kingdom is about relationship. That's what this is about, relationship. I'm not just somebody coming to preach. We're, in, we're not just in relationship. We're in deep, deep relationship with one another. And so uh, meeting, meeting other people that God has sovereignly, sovereignly connected you with is extremely important. And uh, I say in the, in the in real estate, it's location, location, location. But in the kingdom of God, it's relationship, relationship, relationship. And that's that's what this is about. I'm I'm part of your family. I'm sorry, every family's got a strange one in there, so I can take the place. <laughs> Let me give you the definition, my definition for the church. And uh, this definition has been uh, evolving over the years and continues to evolve. And and I'll add a word, take a phrase out, add to it. But here's my definition of the church. I think it's an important one. The church is an ever-changing, ever-evolving, supernatural, called-out and victorious kingdom family of like-minded believers in Jesus, working together and known for their love for one another, bonded together by the common thread of agape love and the unity of the Holy Spirit, who are commissioned and empowered by the Father with the authority to propagate and spread the good news by communicating and demonstrating signs and wonders to the world and to carry out the perfect will of Jesus to co-labor with him as he establishes his kingdom in the earth. So you've been, uh, there's a little uh, quote I came up with a while back. I don't know if I can quote it word for word or not, but God didn't just, uh, he he, he didn't just uh, uh, touch our lives to get us saved. He's enlisted, he's enlisted us to cooperate to work with him to change the world for the better. And uh, his kingdom is coming. Uh, see, I learned, I've learned a lot about the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, Jack, who, uh, my opinion, I'm a little biased, I guess, 
you may be too, but uh, for the last 10 years of my Uncle Jack Taylor's life, he talked about hardly anything else but the kingdom of God and all the facets. It's a big subject. And uh, one of the things that I've learned about the kingdom, uh, even since Jack's gone, is the kingdom of God already exists in, it, in, in its perfection. It's already perfect, but it only manifests in the natural when you and me uh, make kingdom decisions, we do, we do kingdom works, and every time we do that, the kingdom of God is manifest. So the kingdom of God is coming. It's coming with you or without you. It's coming. That's right. So you have to choose to be a part of what God is doing. So um, <clears throat> where are we? Where are we in the context of time? Well, I use this analogy a lot of times. So, you know, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let's say, you know, God spoke the world into being in the first chapter of Genesis. And, uh, and then, you know, you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses came along. You call that the first quarter. In the second quarter, you got the, you know, you got the, the, uh, the, the prophets and uh, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and all those. And then the third quarter, you got... Uh, you got Jesus and the Twelve and then the, the book of Acts and those kind of things. But see, as time, as time draws to, as we know it, draws to a close, and uh, you probably don't know this about me, but I'm not obsessed, I'm not obsessed with end times. And uh, my opinion, just my opinion, you don't have to agree with me, but my opinion is, is that people who are obsessed with end times are not changing the world. It's the people who understand, like the sons of Issachar, if you remember those guys, they understood the signs of the times, and they knew what Israel ought to do as a result of that. So it's people who, so again, you just said it a while ago. You know you have the mind of Christ, but you've got to let the mind of Christ come forth. So where are we at, in, in time? Um, well, you can use that fourth quarter analogy if you want to, but I think we're, in a critical, we're at a critical point in world history. That's just my opinion. Paul or uh, Timothy wrote this. Um, Paul wrote this to Timothy. And if you want to look at the verse, it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. I'll just stop right there and let you think about it just for a minute. If you watch CNN or Fox or whatever you watch, it's, uh, it's not hard to tell. And if you've been to town, you'll, you know that perilous times are here. We'll talk a little bit about that so we can just kind of identify where we're at. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Tell me when you're tired of that. Slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. So for uh, 34 years at least, I've been believing, like I said earlier, that the church is going to be more than what I've seen. So in uh, 2020, uh, you know, that was the COVID year, right? And so I don't know, did y'all shut down for a little bit? We had just did virtual services for two months, eight weeks. And uh, I said during those uh, eight weeks, I said it a couple of times, you know, the Bible talks about in the end, then there's coming a time where Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, right? And I said during that time, and I've changed. I've, I think I've evolved in how I think about that a little bit. But uh, what I said uh, then, and I, I really believe it even more so now, is I said in 2020, I said, uh, I don't know if this is that, but it's dang good practice for it if it's not. Amen? So uh, since then, I think I've seen, and I, again, it's just my opinion, that this, is, this could be the, the great shaking that the Bible talks about. 
Well, there's also a great awakening that coincides with that great shaking. And so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next four days is the awakening. And you say, well, you're just kind of taking off on uh, what happened in Asbury. Everybody knows about that now. You're just taking off on that. No, I've been talking about this intensively. I've been believing for it for 34 years. I've been talking about it intensively for going on four years. In the last nine months, I've talked about nothing but the awakening. I feel like Paul Revere. You know, Paul Revere rode through the streets of Boston, wasn't it? I'm a little fuzzy on my history there. But anyway, Paul Revere rode through the streets uh, yelling out, the British are coming, the British are coming. The difference between Paul Revere's message and what I'm going to be talking to you about is the awakening is not coming. The awakening is already here. If you don't realize that there's an awakening, you're not paying attention or you're looking at the wrong indicators. So what we're going to talk about is the awakening that's already taken place. And uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, it's uh, hard to know which direction to go all of a sudden here, but uh, one of the things that, uh, that kind of brought it to the surface was the, the thing in Asbury. There are other things. There's a lot of prophetic stuff happening out there in the world right now. And because you have the mind of Christ and because the Spirit of God lives in you, if you're paying attention or you'll open your mind or heart and, and ask the Lord to show you, there's a lot of indicators. So I'm going to talk to you about why, why I believe we're in an awakening, and we're, it's already here. Um, first off, what, what is an awakening? I'll ask you a couple of questions along the way. Well, the awakening is people becoming more aware of spiritual things. See, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm just, you, you don't have to agree with me, but I'm, let me ask you, have you over the last few years, two, three years, then over the last year, then over the last six months, then over the last weeks and month, week, months and weeks, have you noticed that your thoughts have gone more so to the things of the Spirit and the things of God? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, a lot of you are raising your hands. Some, some of you haven't. That's okay, too. I mean, you're, I just want you to be honest. Because, see, the awakening is not something you did. It's something God caused. Oh, I need to add this in here. It's not even in my notes. But um, remember this. The awakening is not about the awakening. The awakening is about connecting in a deeper, to, in, 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 to a deeper level with the Father. Because if nothing happens there, nothing really happens, right? See, if, even if in this service today, if nothing happens in the heart, nothing happened. So my goal is that something happens in the heart. And uh, I think I'm in step with what God is doing and what God is saying. And you have to decide if that's true for you. So what is it? It's becoming more aware of spiritual things. It's a Holy Spirit-induced hunger for the things of God. It's people coming to the Lord in record numbers. Amen? And I want to talk about that just for a second. So probably over the last couple of years, let's just take last year, 2022, I would say last year in 2022, these guys can hold me to it, that we probably, not probably, we baptized more people in 2022 than we have any five-year stretch since we started. We believe that's true. We're on track. I'm, I'm not saying that to, you know, every time you say that, we have that whole, you know, you can get that old denominational mentality. Well, we got so many people saved. I'm not doing that for the sake of that. I'm doing it to say something is happening. And something is ha something's in the wind. God is doing something. And we're on track to have even more so than that this year. It's just off to a, to a great start. So that's something that God's doing. Now, if he's not doing it, then all it can be chalked up to is a work of man. So uh, an, an awakening is a spiritual revolution. 
That's what's happening in America right now. As bad as things look, and see if you're, it's like I said a while ago, if you, if you don't see that there's an awakening, you're, you're not paying attention, or I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful to that, or, but uh, uh, this will come out again in my notes, but when God started talking to me really intense and specific about this uh, a year ago, he said the, the awakening is here. It's not coming. It's coming to a greater degree than we've seen. It, but the, 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 the awakening is here. That's what I felt like I, I'm hearing from God. And he says this, the church is asleep. The awakening is here. The church is asleep. So we got to pay attention. So um, we're going to do something at the end today. I'll kind of give you the end thing for what we're going to do at the end. Because God instructed me to do it with my leaders first. And then so they could pray and touch and impart to the household. So, uh, so, so you'll know what to expect toward the end today. So... One morning uh, early, I text all my uh, eight others besides me. I said, be there 30 minutes early. Here's what the Lord's instructed me to do. He wants me to get you in the, in the side room. I'm not, not even really going to pray over you much. All I want to do is to speak to your spirit and to uh, command your spirit to wake up. And I said, I'm not saying you're asleep. I don't think you're asleep. I just want to make sure you're not. So we met with some of your leaders in the side room over here before. We just did that same thing with them. It's no big deal. They're not going to pray any long prayer. They're not, they're not going uh, to uh, decide if you're awake or asleep. Uh, I don't think you're asleep. I just want to make sure you're not. Amen? So that's, that's all it is. And so since we did that, since we did that in our house, it's been really, it's, it's been, it, there has been a, it's been a revolutionary change. I've been teaching this stuff for 34 years, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. If you've been to a service or you watched a service or you come next week, whenever I get back, they've heard that verse and they've it's been talked about at least to a small degree or a large degree every single week for 34 years. But now... Uh, now, and I think that had something to do with it. I don't know. It's just God. When God tells you to do something and you do it, stuff happens, you know. You've seen the bumper sticker, right? Stuff happens. Anyway, so uh, that was a joke. So it doesn't matter if you get that one or not. But uh, so, so uh, there's been a, it's been a revolutionary change in our house, and the people are coming out of the woodworks to, to, to say, this is what God is telling me to do. And it fits right in the flow of who we are and what's happening in our house. So I'm believing that same thing is going to happen here. And what we want to do, what we want to do is, uh, I, I'm, I'm nobody basically, but what we want to do is to, whatever God's doing in our house, we want to give to you. It's your call whether you do it or not. And uh, so uh, anyway, so it's a, it's a spiritual revolution. It's the kingdom of God is being made manifest and God is on... Uh, there's a, anyone who's saying yes to the Lord right now is on the fast track. God is going to change people in a hurry. He's going to, he's going to mature people quicker than what I think we've seen before. And I've said this to our, our group that Rodney's in. Uh, there's about 30 guys that see me as a spiritual father. Again, I'm nobody. I'm just trying to be faithful to what I believe God said to do. And one of the things he said, now's the time for leaders to lead and fathers to father. So that's not just for guys like me and Rodney. That's for people like you, mothers and fathers, to step up. Because uh, uh, we've been talking about this, again, intense, believing for it for 34 years, and talking about it intensively for um, at least four years, and nothing but this for about uh, nine or ten months. And our house should be 
as ready or readier than any church that I know of, but if 200 extra people showed up at our house next week, we're not ready for it. And I can tell you this, I, I like what's going on here, but you're not ready for it either. So we got to get in our mind. we got to listen to what God is saying to us. And so we're, that's what we're going to talk about the next four days. We're going to talk about what do we need to do to get in place, to get in a place where if they do show up, you, you are planning on them showing up, right? Yeah, because there is a, an unprecedented number of people coming to the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> this will come out later on too. <clears throat> but the ones who are going to be the most effective and the most productive in this move of God, which could be the last great awakening. It could be. I don't know. And see if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong about that, and I could be wrong. If I'm wrong about that, the only thing that's going to happen is my people are just going to be overprepared. So, uh, so, you know, you can look at it from that respect. So the kingdom of God, again, is coming with us or without us. We should cooperate. <clears throat> In the book of Acts, there was an awakening taking place, and it happened on the day of Pentecost. Well, it happened with Jesus first, and then it happened on the day of Pentecost, and it says about the new believers in uh, Jerusalem, it said that they turned the city upside down. Well, what they really did is they turned it right side up, right? That's what happened. What ought to be happening started happening. So we want to turn the city, uh, you know, we'll turn Phoenix City in Columbus, Georgia. We want to turn it right side up from God's perspective. We get the kingdom of God coming and manifesting. And uh, so... Um, so, so those, that, that's kind of what an awakening is. But I sense it in my spirit. These are just kind of reasons why I believe we're in an awakening. I sense it in my spirit. Um, and uh, uh, the, the need for a spiritual awakening in America, probably the world, is the, is the greatest it's ever been. Would you agree? That's the greatest it's ever been. The need is there. Uh, the, condition in the, in the conditions in the world are intensifying in a negative way. Well, they're also intensifying in a positive way, but you got to be looking to see it because they're not going to tell you that on the news, right? You got to be looking. You got to see and know and, and understand what the indicators are. Uh, there's another reason I think we're living in the last days, and that uh, and, uh, these are indicators that an awakening has taken place. We're actually living in a time where that the Bible talks about, where people call good evil, we're called evil good and good evil. We're, we're living in that time, right? Can you see that? There's another one that talks about, uh, I don't have it in my notes, so I'm just kind of paraphrasing. But there's another one that says something that there will come a time, Jesus was talking to his disciples, there will come a time when people want to kill you thinking they're doing the Lord a favor. So if you've been paying much attention to the media and what's going on is that Christians have now become the enemy. And we are the problem. You know, that's what the world's trying to make us. So there's, that's another indicator. And uh, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, there's got some scripture there. I don't think I'm going to read that. But uh, um, oh, we always talked about everything that can be shaken is being shaken. The financial system is being shaken. Did you notice last week, uh, what was it, uh, S uh, Silicon Valley Bank, right? This, I didn't realize this. I just kind of happened to catch it. That it's, that's the lar uh, second largest bank failure in American history. And they feared that there was going to be a run on Banks, I don't know that that's happened, but the financial system's being shaken. The education system's being shaken. How about the gender controversy thing that's happening right now? It's an indicator that we're living in the last days. And, there's, and see, 
Uh, a lot of people think it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, and the Lord's going to come rapture us out of here. But see, I, I think if we're going to be the, the church that God wants it to be, we've got to get out of the rapture mentality, and we've got to get in on what God is doing today. He's coming. Jesus is coming, right? And uh, like, like Jesus said in the first chapter, or like the angel said, what are you doing standing around looking up? I'm paraphrasing there. What he's doing standing around looking up because the same one that left is going to come back in like manner, right? So um, all that's being shaken. And the political system, have you ever seen anything so crazy in your whole life? It's just, it's, it's ludicrous. And uh, I don't want to get off in the ditch in it, but I, I, don't, I don't trust the federal government. I mean, they're not my friend. And so the, that whole thing is being shaken now. And uh, it doesn't matter who we elect. They're not going to turn this ship around. It's if my people, God said, right, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I heal their land. That's what's going to turn the ship around. It's people like you. See, God has put... Hmm, God has put the spiritual well-being of the planet in your hands and people like you. It's, it's your responsibility. And now's the time. Now's the time to stand up. If ever there was a time, now's the time to stand up. I get uh, these, uh, I get these uh, emails, uh, several of them. They're leadership emails. I don't know where they derive from. They're all pretty good. And they'll, get, they'll have five or six, uh, five or six articles maybe more than that. And there are always one or two that I want to read, but almost it's become a consistent thing that there's this rash of deconstructionists. Have you heard, you talk about people deconstructing, it's usually someone, it's usually someone that's a, like a, a, a Christian, well-known Christian, a singer, worship leader, a pastor, preacher, or something like that. But they're falling away from the Lord. They're, they're kind of deciding they don't even know if they believe anymore. There's a rash of that stuff taking place. That's a, that's a, that's a falling away, see? And my, what I think about that is when, while that's happening, uh, while, while that's happening, uh, it's, it, 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 it just tells me, we've talked about the relationship with the Father around here a lot. Rodney's talked about it a lot. I taught a whole week on it here one time. It just tells me that those people really didn't have a, an abiding relationship with a father because I don't think you can fall away from that. I don't think you can decide you don't believe anymore. If you're engaged, if you're interacting with the father, I don't think you can fall away from that. So that's happening. So that's a sign of the times. It's an indicator of, that, uh, of the times that we're in. Um, here's another one. Here's another indicator. Um, you can say amen if you've noticed that. The spiritual attack has intensified. The, uh, the, the, the forces of darkness are, and if you're not careful, that's all you can see. I never know what time it is here. My, my watch and my phone, it goes back and forth from, oh, it's 11.57, so i got to speed it up, right? i got to hurry up. Well, you listen fast and I'll talk fast, okay? <laughs> Spiritual attacks intensified. People, if there's a personal attack on people and a corporate attack on the body of Christ, it's a, it's a, and you know, here we are down here, uh, the body of Christ, uh, arguing over who's got the most people in church, and the, en and the enemy comes at us unified. That's got to change. I spent uh, uh, a year, uh, 51 messages actually, that's almost a year, but doing my math, I think just, you know, 
51 messages on this subject. What needs to happen for the church to be the church? There's at least 51 things that need to happen. Being equipped for the work of the ministry is one. But the two things that got me off on that trail to start with, is the, two, the two main things the Lord showed me is one is, and the second's far more important than the first one, but the first thing the Lord showed me was that there is, while I've seen God do all kinds of miraculous stuff, I could take several services just telling you stories of what I've seen God do. But if I had to stop now, I would be somewhat disappointed in that I thought I would see more. I, would thought, I thought I would see signs and wonders uh, to a greater degree than what I've seen. The second, and that's, and that's important, so there's going to be an increase in signs and wonders. I can tell you some stuff we've just seen lately. And the, but the other thing is far more important, that the display of unconditional love is not what I thought it would be. And I think if we get that one right, I think if we get that one right, we get everything else right. Amen? You know that everybody says, you know, at the end, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I think if you get that one right, you got a good chance of making that cut. Oh, let's see. Speed it up a little bit. Mm. So uh, everybody knows, uh, everybody's seen the, uh, by now, the thing that happened on Monday Night Football with DeMar Hamlin. I never heard that name before. I haven't watched pro football for several years. I was coming home from a basketball, grandkids basketball game, and my son called me and said, hey, flip it over on Channel 5. I said, well, I can't. I'm driving. He said, well, what's going I said, what's going on? And he told me, and I got home, that was like another 30 miles before I got home. I got home and flipped it over there and I saw it. And it looked like everybody thought he was dead. I think they did think he was dead. I think the TV people even thought he was dead because, and they just didn't know how to tell us. And a friend of mine said, anytime they do CPR, he's a, he's a EMT, he said, anytime they do CPR, there's, there's no pulse. So, you know, who, who knows what happened there? But I got home and I'm sitting there and I said, uh, I just kind of said to the Lord, I wonder if this, if there's, if this is something, has some kind of prophetic significance. Boom, 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 boom. The lights started going on in my mind. God started showing me that it was. So here's what, here's what happened. One is um, uh, people who prayed, they, they started praying. People who didn't pray, they started praying too. People who claim they don't even believe start praying. And they even prayed on ESPN. Did you see that? They were even praying on ESPN. And I, I sent a message out to my close, my leaders all, all of a sudden said, dig in right now and really begin to pray and contend for this boy to live. Because if he lives, it, because the whole world, oh, at least over the next few days or week, the whole world ended up knowing about it. So I said, so because it's important. Well, of course it's important that he lives, right? But for us, for people, for the kingdom people, to me, it was important that he lived because if he lived, it makes our efforts at evangelism a lot easier because people who didn't pray or don't even say they don't even believe saw God move, whether they would admit it or not, they saw God move. So congratulations. Good job for digging in and praying if you did. And if you didn't do it next time, I mean, we carried, the rest of us carried the load for you, but we can't do it forever. You know, you get heavy, you carry all the time, you get really heavy. So that happened, and um, the Lord said a whole lot to me in that, and I want to get to the point where we can talk about that a little more. Um, let's see. I want to wind it up. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff. Um, and I'll say this, too. Uh, I wanted to, to say this, because it's the same way in my house. Um, if we, do, we don't do a Sunday night service, 
But like if someone comes and we'll do, a, just like y'all, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll do something like that. But there are people who only come on, on Sunday morning, right? So I just want to encourage you that uh, just for the sake of uh, the house, just for your sake, is to, I want to encourage you to come because I've just kind of scratched the surface of what we're talking about. And I just want to ask you, do you, can you agree with, because you said, I asked you if you would approach this with the greatest amount of sincerity and seriousness. I think you said yes, yeah? And I didn't even have to coax that out of you. I mean, you just kind of did that on your own. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, what needs to happen with you. I'm just going to look around and make eye contact, you know. So what needs to happen with you? What do you need to do as a result of this? Because like I said, that whole Bible Belt mentality a lot of times is, well, that's for somebody else and not me. And so we need to kind of come out of that mindset. So I'll say this and close for now. This I got, I sent Rodney uh, eight pages of notes. I just barely scratched the surface today, right? So that's a continuation of what we're going to do the next few days. There'll be more, more than that. We're going to do the men's thing on Tuesday night. But one thing is God's going to do something here if you let him. He can do whatever he wants to do, but he won't override. He won't override the leadership of the house. And uh, I'm going to have some time with Rodney, the men, and maybe even the leaders, because God's given me some really straight up stuff, serious stuff for leaders. It's not a time to just be partway in as a leader. It's a time to be all in. And uh, the Bible says that judgment begins at the house of God. Well, uh, it... it Judgment begins at the house of God. I'll tell you a quick story, and then, then, then we'll quit. So in our town, uh, uh, second biggest church in town besides us, the longest tenured deacon, great guy, been a friend. We know him, known him for years, um, besides one, besides one other deacon. Was a, owned the newspaper, uh, was arrested a week and a half ago for molesting his granddaughter over a period of four years. Well, that's an indicator. Judgment has begun at the house of God. God's getting that household. I'm praying for him. I'm not in competition with him. I'm praying for him. I got a. <laughs> Pray for every other church in our community and the communities around us. That's a kingdom way to do that, you know. But uh, they have a pastor that had, hadn't even been there a year. Man, I feel for him. I just feel for him. And uh, it's a, the Lord gave me a word for him. I don't even know him. He might not even receive a prophetic word, but the Lord didn't tell me, didn't tell me to tell him what to do. I haven't done it yet. So I don't, like I said, the word's out there. If he wants to hear it, he can hear it. This is a, this is a, uh, Juncture. It's a defining moment in his life. It's a de defining moment in his ministry forever. It's a defining moment in the life of that whole church to see if this is a safe place for God to bring people. So I mean, you can think you can think your way through that. Whatever he does, he's going to lose people. Whatever he does, and uh, our prayer, uh, my prayer, this may cause me to lose people. My prayer is that they handle that in a spirit of grace. I'm just a grace man. I can't help it. 
because I, I know how God has handled me. So you can be praying for, you know, I'm not giving any names, any churches or anything like God's going to do, he's going to do something here. Every church is going to have an opportunity. Uh, some will lead, some will follow, some will trickle along later on. You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity, even though it's already started, you have an opportunity to be on the front edge of what God is doing. You have an opportunity for that right here. And I'll tell you like I've told my people, like God told me, uh, we have time. We don't have time to waste. We've got to get busy. We've got to hear what God is saying. We've got to move in what God is saying. I'm, uh, well, I've been pretty tough and pretty straight up with my elders. Not hard, but just straight up. It's a time. I want to hear what God's saying to you. What, what's he telling you about this? It's a time, then uh, this move is going to be, the ones that are going to do the heavy lifting, the ones that are going to be more productive and effective are mature, mature sons and daughters of God who know who they are, who understand their sonship. Well, daughtership, it's the same thing. Who understand who they are. That's, who, that's who's going to do the heavy lifting in this move of God. And uh, you're not hearing this message by accident. You're hearing this message because God wants you to be on the front end of what he's doing. Uh, I'm quitting. My friend told me one time, Taylor, you like one of them old cars, them old diesel, them old diesel engines. You turn them off, they just keep trying to run, you know? <clears throat> the, awakening is, the awakening is coming to the people who want it the most. That's who's going to be on the front end. That's who's, and uh, I want him to. Uh, uh, these, are two, these are two, probably the two youngest uh, elders we have. And the other six uh, are my buddies. Uh, buddies, uh, seven or eight years older than me. Uh, Daryl's my age. Uh, Y'all met uh, Daryl. Rodney, of course, knows Daryl. And Ed's a couple of years older than me. And so, um, just just for leaders, just think about this. So, uh, when the Lord started really talking to me about this, and I started talking to the leaders about it, I said, "The the numbers are against us." The numbers are not in our favor because I'll be 70 on my birthday. And uh, the, the numbers are against us. There's not very many people at 70. Well, buddy, is eight, eight or ten years older than me and Ed older than me. The numbers are against us in that hardly any people at this stage of their life want to, want to tie into what is going to be, without a doubt, the greatest challenge of their life. Man, I've got an exceptional... <laughs> I've got an exceptional bunch. I wish you could know them. Nobody had a second thought about it. They're all in. They're all in. They're ready for the greatest challenge of their life. And that's my question to you. Are you, well, leaders, you got to decide first, because if it doesn't happen in the leaders, it ain't going to happen in the others. It has to happen in the leaders. It's going to, God's going to be straight and tough and challenging with the leaders. And um, I'll tell Rodney, like God said to me, and I've said to my leaders, this, this move of God is going to require a level of leadership we've not even seen or, th or experienced or thought about. It's going to take more than we've ever put out. That's what it's going to take. But <clears throat> you have to decide if you're all in. He's positioned you for this. We have time. We don't have time to waste. What if, and this is it, what if the whole significance of your spiritual life your whole life, your whole existence is about this, what God is doing now, what he's going to do in this season. Because I think it is. 
It's an important day. Let's stand up. Thank you. Does that get to, does that get your fire kindled a little bit? That's what I wanted to do. I kind of rushed through that, but we're going we're gonna to take some time with that over the next few days. I invite you to be here if you can. If you can't, catch it. They record it. Catch it somehow. Get it because it, he's going to be talking about it. I mean, we've been, we, me and him, been, we've been talking about it quite a bit. So let's pray first off. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're doing. We just acknowledge. You, you, do you acknowledge that there is an awakening taking place? There is an awakening taking place of God. Now you decide for yourself. I'm going to pray this, but you can either receive it or not. Father, I, I want to be in on what you're doing. I want to be on the front edge of what you're doing. He's, it's coming, and it's coming to the people who want it the most. So, Father, get us in place. Speak to our hearts, God, in the name of Jesus. And, uh, Lord, in this season, let us, uh, let us come into uh, the, the call of God on our life. Let us understand uh, who we are. Uh, give us, a, 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 in the identity crisis, in the hearts and minds of the body of Christ, and let us know who we are. Let us mature as sons and daughters. And I've said this a lot over the last six months and year. God's in a real talkative mood. I want you to, I want to speak over you that you'll start to hear God better than you've ever heard him before. He'll ignite the things he wants to do in your life and in your house, Lord, in Jesus' name. We just need to hear your voice, God. There's, we would have absolutely no idea what to do, God, if you don't tell us or show us. So we give you praise for that. So I'm going to ask the guys that we prayed, uh, we imparted in the back room and my guys to come up and just line up in the front. And all we're going to do, that's all the invitation is today, all we're going to do is that you're, you're going to come up and all they're going to do is just say, wake up. Now remember, nobody, don't get your feelings hurt. Nobody's saying you're asleep. We just want to make sure you're not. Amen? You okay with that? Yeah, I, I don't want to be offensive. I think it's just important. So uh, somebody go upstairs. So one, one of you, one of you, yeah, yeah, okay, they're on their way, go upstairs. We want to do that for you guys too, okay? Okay, so just come, yep, there's nothing, just come on. Come on down there, so all they're going to do is just say, wake up, you can move on, make room for somebody else, wake up, wake up, just speak into your spirit, wake up, wake up, yeah, wake up, wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Larry, I see you back there. Wake up. People are still coming. All they're going to do is just step in there and tell them to wake up. Wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up. That's all it is. It didn't even hurt. It didn't even hurt. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Looks like we're getting to the end of it. Just keep on, keep on waking up. I'll hand it back over to Rodney. Thank you.